Welcome to From Cork with Love Adventure, the only programme from Cork, Ireland, in which you can hear what it's like to be Irish in Cork from the point of view of a totally unrepresentative man. This is Paul Amani welcoming you to the latest episode. Received a petition from 273 members requesting an EGM, but there were no actual signatures uh, received, so it wasn't officially um, called the EGM. But the college, listening to the members' concerns, decided to hold the EGM. So they, the meeting yesterday, the EGM was called by the board of the college. Uh, the college uh, communicated with all its members that there would be no voting at the meeting yesterday. But that we were there to give up-to-date information on the situation as it stands in, in, with regard to the development of the guidelines and the provision of the service and the meetings with the HSE and Department of Health, but primarily to listen to members' concerns and to answer any questions that they might have had. So the motions they wanted voted upon, why weren't they voted on? Well, the request for the EGM wasn't legally constituted, uh, so the EGM that happened yesterday was called by the board. Uh, the board did identify six main points which we felt our members wanted to address, and we had information to impart to our members on those six points. But primarily we were there to listen. That's what the whole purpose of the meeting yesterday was, to engage with our members and listen. And if there were any questions that we could answer, we were there willing to answer those questions. One of the concerns raised by Dr Fuller there was that doctors uh, who failed to to refer or provide information could be subject to sanction. Will they be? I certainly hope not, and that's certainly that would not be what college would uh, hope. Um, in fact, uh, the, the, absolutely the complete opposite. Uh, I know the the regulator for the profession is the medical council, and decisions on guidance and the uh, ethical guidance professionalism comes from the medical council. They are reviewing that guidance. Uh, all doctors have been written to and have been asked to contribute to that, and uh, the deadline for that is this week. Um, so every doctor in the country has had an opportunity to contribute and to uh, make representations as, as Dr Fuller there did and, and as I did as a GP myself. So, sorry, just to be clear, you said you hope not. So, it, it, because the guidelines haven't been finalised yet, it's not clear if no. a doctor would be sanctioned or otherwise for, for no, failing no, no, to no. refer or provide information. Is no, right? the guidelines you're referring to there would be the guidelines that the college are, pre are preparing for the uh, provision of the service. Okay. No, the medical council, the regulator for the profession, has are doing a 360 review of their guidance, their ethical guide for GPs and for all doctors, and they have asked for feedback from every GP in the country, every doctor in the country um, so that's under review I mean I have their 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 guidance that if you hold a conscientious objection to treatment you must inform the patient they have a right to seek treatment from another doctor uh, or give the patient enough information to enable them to transfer to another doctor to get the treatment they want and then the second part of that is if the patient is unable to arrange their own transfer of care you should make these arrangements on their behalf um, we heard yesterday many doctors expressed concern about that and, and we listened to that concern and we will certainly bring that concern, uh, that very, very strong expressed opinion from our members to the Medical Council this week. What can women expect from January the 1st? What services are going to be there for them? 
Uh, well, I can only speak on behalf of the college, uh, the, the ICGP. Uh, our remit is to provide education and training for all our members, for those who wish to provide the service and for those who wish to uh, obtain the knowledge and the education around it in case they would perhaps encounter a patient who's, who has got some complications of the treatment later on and also to produce the guidelines. We will certainly have the guidelines in place. They will be going before the relevant committee this week uh, for approval and sign-off and the board will finally sign-off on those. So those guidelines will be in place before January. The education and training we've already started and there will be further training in the middle of this month and we will continue to roll that out throughout January. So colleges remit we, we, will, we will have in place. Uh, members yesterday expressed strong concerns and worries about the services that will be available in the community to support the service. Uh, will you be ready, uh, uh, Dr Cox, you're a GP based in Anderson County Clare, will you be ready from January the 1st? I will have the guidance from the college. I will have the education and training from the college that will be available to me. Uh, whether the resources will be there to support that service in the community is, is the question and is a very valid and real question. The timeline is very, very tight. Uh, ultrasound needs to be available in the community in a timely fashion. Um, you know, that is something that is outside our control. Do you need ultrasound in your practice to provide the service? Not in my practice, but no. If I, if I feel that a patient of mine requires requires ultrasound, I would need for that to be available nearby in a timely fashion. Uh, I would need reassurance that the referral to secondary care is available to me, that the hospital will be able to uh, look after my patient who I have concerns about. Uh, those are things that GPs are very concerned about. Will those resources and will those supports be in place? And it's a very real concern because the timeline is tight. Uh, Dr Cox, Dr Tony Cox, Medical Director of the Irish College of General Practitioners, thanks for speaking to us this morning. It's 28 minutes past eight. I'm furious about these doctors who have reluctance, in fact doctors who are refusing to refer women who want to have an abortion to another doctor. You see the situation is that you can be a conscientious objector and say I'm not going to do an abortion and that's fine, that's fine. Nobody wants to go down that road. I I mean, I got some quibbles about it. I think, frankly, I think all doctors should be obliged to carry out an abortion, but that's just my own preference. I wish the world were such that it, that uh, if if a woman wanted an abortion, that a doctor give it to you. Like you, no doctor would say, well, I've got a conscientious objection to, uh, to dealing with anything that affects your heart. Or to doing blood transfusions. There's a better one. I've got a conscientious objection to blood transfusions, so I won't do one. I mean, that is... Uh, but doctors who say, i got a conscientious objection to doing an abortion, and I will not give you information about where you can find a doctor who will give you an abortion... And I will not transfer your notes from my practice to their practice. And who basically obstruct or fail to collaborate with the woman. I mean, those people make my blood boil. And, you know, if it was up to me, and it isn't up to me, I'd strike them off the medical register and never allow them to practice as doctors again.
victorious one in the east coast of the United States sent me a text comment. Can they obstruct this and still keep their jobs? I would think a few lawsuits against doctors and the healthcare groups will clear this up. I don't really care what their private or political beliefs are. They believe they are taking a moral stand, but there are consequences to that as well. And I responded to that as follows. Can Irish general practitioners, GPs, uh, argue against the, the moving forward? Can they put forward their point of view without fear or favour? Yes, they can. There's no problem at all. They are not state employees. They are self-employed. Technically, they're self-employed uh, businesses. They're, they're many businesses of their own. They're paid by the state to provide uh, medical services to, uh, to citizens and uh, uh, the, the state pays the, the fees for some of the people and others who have money have to pay for themselves. Um, they can argue, uh, they can put forward objections. The law, which will be passed uh, very soon, will uh, not give them the right legally to uh, refuse to refer people. They do have the right to be a conscientious objector to the provision of abortion services. They will not have the right to refuse to uh, refer a woman to a doctor who will provide abortion services. This will be against the law and this will be against the um, code of practice of their uh, uh, the medical profession in Ireland. However, will they be taken to court? Will a doctor be taken to court and uh, found guilty on it? Who knows? Maybe it will happen. Would be a good thing if they if it does happen. I I uh, I'd be very pleased if it does happen. Um, but the situation is very serious in in. Um, areas where a woman doesn't have a choice of doctor uh, in villages in small towns it could well be that there would be no local doctor um, that it would be hard for a woman to be referred to another doctor uh, it will be in a better situation than we were before the uh, referendum was passed but it's pretty certain you that all the ideal, you know, ideal services that would be good if they existed, they won't all be there at the beginning of the year. It will take some time for the entire medical system in Ireland to get itself uh, around to providing adequate services. But yes, they have the right. They, nobody can sack a uh, GP. Um, they can't.
can't lose their jobs. I've probably said that already. So yeah, they're free to do whatever they like until they're charged with a crime. Sony make good headphones. I have a pair of over-the-ear headphones, but I got a little Christmas present for one of my sons of a wireless stereo headset by Sony, the WH-CH500 Bluetooth headphones, chargeable for 20 hours or whatever it means it kind of runs for 20 hours without having to be recharged. But this is a test. I'm in the kitchen and it's the noise, um, keeping the noise out is much better than it is on my over the head, um, my wired headphones. But I'm recording this to see what the quality of the sound is going to be like on recording. I haven't yet listened to what it's like on playback. But if this works, I'll be intrigued to know what it's like in high wind when I'm walking around the place and I wouldn't dream of recording by any other means except to see what it's like under Bluetooth. I, anyway, look, that's what this is. This is a test of quality of the Sony WHCH500. Tell me, what do you think? Welcome to the woods. Can you hear that stream? I think it's on both sides. Is it Ben both sides or is it it's just this side? But there's one on that side too. Yeah. Well, I'm walking in the woods here with my son Ben, who unfortunately is only here for the weekend. It's Monday and look at that sky. I mean, just look at the blue coming through the leafless trees and the sunlight on top. God. We've discovered a new place. That's why I'm so excited. This is um, Gary Duff Woods. Never been here before. And it's something. How would you describe this, Ben, if you were going to tell somebody, you know, when you got back to London, where you've been? Where did we go on Monday morning, Ben? I don't know if you've ever seen the film uh, First Night with Richard Gere uh, from the 90s. But there's a scene, anyway, in which uh, he first finds her and they hide out and they're hiding away from the king's men who are trying to capture her or something like that. It looks exactly like that. It's a very specific <laughs> reference. Just as you were talking, I was thinking of Robin Hood and yeah. thinking, I bet you one of the Robin Hood films had this, you know, water on each side oh, yeah. and leaves and ferns and ivy and all these other things I can't name. But there are very tall trees. So Louis is in front of us. I think of a Crouching tiger. Uh oh, hang on. Whoopsie daisy, hang on. Louis. Here we go. Louis! Ah, oh, he did not come when called. There's a beautiful dog coming in this direction. A beautiful kind of a sheep dog, I think, or maybe. Hello, what kind of a dog is this? A rock collie. A rock collie? Beauty. Aren't you a beauty? Such a thick coat. 
does does he shed or she shed? A little bit, not much. All right, well, we let you on. Enjoy. Young woman meets two men in the wood with dog. Oh, God, it's lovely. We were talking about my friend Ray Renati in California, the theatre director and the theatre actor and the Uber driver. And uh, what else does he do? He has a French wife. Did I tell you that? Right. His wife comes from France. Yeah. Right. And he comes to France, I would say, at least once a year. Ah. Which part of France? Uh, that is a good question. Which part of France? I'm not sure. I, I, no, I can't remember. Mm. I, I had some idea that maybe at one stage he was down the, um, the Dordogne. Ooh. But I, you see, if, as soon as I, pardon? Oh, no, I thought it was spring, just no, not just sewage. <laughs> that is, not sewage. God, if that was water sewage. Water on the other side, yeah. So we were talking, Ray, you'll listen to this, I'm sure, or at least I'll make sure you would. But what we want to know here is, how much do actors get paid in San Francisco? And, you know, let's imagine that somebody's going to put on a play. And uh, there seem to be two ways of getting paid over here. One is that you get paid nothing and you get given a share of the profits. And the other is that you get paid a salary. Is that right, Ben? Yeah. Or, or can you have bits of each? We'll mm -hmm. pay you a, a flat yeah, amount maybe. of this much. Occasionally and, there might be like Yeah. That. And is, is one more common than the other? Or are they just, you know, would you have the impression that, or is it young playwrights who, whose work isn't very well known, would offer you a share? Oh, was that a question to me? Yeah, it was. Sorry, I didn't realise that it was. was, I was dramatic pause. No, I was asking um, you, sorry. Uh, I was, is it more common, uh, like, what I would say... I mean, it's very mean to say professional theatre, but I guess, I mean, commercial theatre or theatre that would be in any one of the producing houses or for a production company uh, would be a salary job. It would be a, be a contract, like a limited contract, either based on an equity minimum or therefore above that. So equity is the actors' union. Equity is the actors' union. Yeah. It has the basic standards for yeah. employment. And then uh, you'd have up from there... Um, and it would increase depending on if you were working at one of the producing houses, like you're working at the National, or you're working at the Globe, or at the RSC, uh, you, or even for the BBC, you would uh, you'd be, you'd always be paid more for the next job. Right. You'd never be paid the same. You'd always be paid more for the next job. So yes. if in your last job, if you, in, if you, you pay £10 pounds BBC, an hour, you you'd be paid the £12 pounds an hour next time. Well, if you're, yeah, if you're getting a minimum, yeah. like... Five hundred pounds a week. Yeah. You're never going to get paid less than that if you work again at the National Theatre of Glasgow. Oh, I you see. Regardless of the part that you get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as I can remember. Yeah. Now, it's been quite a while. Oh, um, that never crossed my but mind. But also for the BBC, so yeah. you can't. Yeah. You can't be paid less than your previous job, which is good. That's um, good. That's good. One of the few maintained areas in the industry. But then there it would be profit share. But it's what you call fringe, really. Fringe would be. I mean, it would involve professional actors, a professional director. You would rarely take much at the box office, so and there's no individual investors, so there's not a huge amount of money to go around. So they tend to be more passion projects. Really. Um, Is that the phrase that used? Well, passion no, projects. I, mean, I guess that's the main so. reason that people go into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder if it's um, Yeah, I wonder. The impression I have is that 
Ray Renati works with people who are members of the Actors' Union, and the Actors' Union is terribly powerful, and the Actors' Union sets uh, all the uh, wages, but we have to assume that there are some people who want to put on a play and who cannot afford to pay professional actors, and that there are some professional actors who have a bit of downtime and who would be willing to go on stage, or is that unlikely, do you think, Penn? Yeah. Maybe you're precluded once you're a member of the Actors' Union from ever providing your services for free. A much stronger union than any union in so. Is it? Is it definitely? Would you know that? Or is that just yeah, well, the, my perception of it? Yeah. Is, um, yeah, the Actors' Union. Oh, here's another dog. What have we got coming? Oh. Oh. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Nice, isn't it? Great, thank God. It's lovely. lovely. We're very lucky. Can I ask you something? Is there... I've never been here before until today. But can you go on a circular walk? Can you walk down here and go around and come back? <coughs> or is it... Because we no. walked down here. We went on the right hand... Under the barrier, walk. by the barrier. Yeah. And we went all the way up around to the brow of the hill. Yeah. And then we came back the same way. Yeah. And um, I was wondering, is it possible to? It is yeah. If you <coughs> if you went <coughs> excuse me, if you go you go you go under the barrier and you come up to a kind of a clearing and there's a pathway up to the right. Is that where to you the went? right? Yeah. Straight yeah. up. Yeah, you come oh, up to that I know what we there. did. We went up to the left. Oh yeah. Yeah. We walked up a fairly steepish. That's right. That's right. I know exactly. Well, when you get up to, we call it the ditch. Yeah. The ditch up there in the top. There's a little pathway to the right, and it's just only going around the top of the wood. You're at the top of the wood, ah, that's yes, it. Yes, And you come around the top yes. of the wood, and you come down the other side. So you basically go right. You, go you can go right or left. There and then do a circle. Yeah, you go around left then. You go up to the top yeah. on the right, and then you turn. When you get up to the ditch, yeah. you, you, you take a left, ah, right. and you follow the pathway. Now it's a bit rough, yeah. and I'll tell you, there's a lot of tree stumps there. It's, it's, I, I, I used to do it, but quite honestly, I just do what you did now. Because I find the three stumps are a bit... You're yeah. kind of constantly yeah. kind of picking your way. But you can do that. You can go around the top. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if, you went up the, if you went up the, 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 the left-hand side now and go across the top, and then you come down. You came down to where you walked today. Yeah. Where, where the point oh, I see. And so it would be easier to find turn, that way. And you way, just turn it left. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's six and one half dozen yeah. another. Yeah. It's pretty clear, you know. Oh, lovely. But you can walk around it. All right. Yeah, Hello, you lovely dog. It's a nice walk, actually. Hello, you lovely You know, you can walk the other way as well if you want to stay. Yeah. On the roadway, you can walk down here. Yeah. Up to, there's a T junction. Yeah. And you turn yeah. left there, and it comes down on the monastery road, and you come around that way. If you want to go on <laughs> yeah. the public road, partly public road, partly yeah. the other. Yeah, but you can walk around the wood. Yeah. Just uh, you'll find your way. You know. Fantastic place. Well, it is, yes, beautiful. I'll be back there. again. All the best. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Ben, I'll ask Ray for uh, some nitty-gritty information mm. about uh, how things uh, how things work over there. Mm-hmm. We'll find out what things work there. I have this hope, you know, I've said it to him and I said to you that you two will meet each other someday. It's, uh, more likely to be that he'll come to London. Yeah. I think he's, you know, now... 
he, he said to me that he loved his time in London, yeah. which was in the old days, mm. when you would do a 12-hour day or something like that in a drama school. Right. Uh, I think he described it to me as, you know, you were you were up and at it at 8 o'clock in the morning and you didn't stop until midnight nearly. Yeah. But he did that for six months. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Right, well, that's a nice 11-minute piece of audio for life here, which includes an Irishman on the road. That was from Cork with Love Adventure, sponsored by Nobody. This is your host, Paul O'Mani, saying I hope it was worth your while listening. Bye for now.